Father, I just thank you today for revelation in our hearts, that you will open up the word and you will show us new things today that we can take hold of and that we can run with, Lord. Father, we don't want uh, what we hear just to be knowledge. We want to act on the word. We want to be uh, those who respond, Lord. And Father, I just declare over all of us that today our hearts are good soil. And as the seed is sown, it goes in deep and it's going to bear amazing fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Questions that we ask when we go into battle. You know, we're told uh, to fight the good fight of faith. So there's some questions that we may ask. So the first question that we may ask if we're going to go into battle is, who is the enemy? So let's have a look. Ephesians 6, 12. You're all there already because we're going to talk about the armour of God, aren't you? Okay, it says, actually I'm going to read from here. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So our struggle is not against the person that you're sitting next to. It's not against your neighbour. It's not against the person that you find it really hard to get along with. That's not who your struggle is with. But it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And these are the things that cause us to sin, to fear, to doubt, who cause us to uh, do things that we don't want to do. That's where temptation comes from. It comes from the enemy. And who's our enemy? Satan. He is our enemy. And he wants to come and bring division. He wants to come and divide. He wants us to walk a defeated walk and not the victorious walk that God has called us to walk. It's Satan who doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to read the word. It's Satan who comes to steal, to, steal, to destroy. It's not flesh and blood. But the enemy wants us to look at people and issues and circumstances and see them as the problem instead of seeing that the fight goes on in the spiritual realm. This is the natural realm. You all know by now, those of you who've been around me for a long time, I'm very pictorial and I've probably said this so many times before. But if we just keep looking in the natural we're, all we're going to do is see flesh and blood but we have to lift our eyes up into the spiritual realm. There is a battle going on above us. There is a battle going on for our souls. There is a battle seeking to divide marriages and divide friendships. There is a battle that is going on. And the minute you said, I follow Christ, you became an enemy of Satan. And that's where the battle lies. That's right. How we react. Reaction is key in situations. 
We need to learn not to react with emotion, but we need to learn to respond because we're people who walk in faith and we walk with our God. You know, when I'm in a situation, you know, take Alan and I, you know, we're having a little discussion that goes a little bit too heated. Because, yes, we do argue sometimes, but not very much, occasionally. Um, Actually, if I react to something Alan says, I know there's something in me that needs to change because I've reacted wrong. But if I respond in love, if I respond in peace, if I respond uh, with faith, then it's different. But if I react, if I get angry or pent up or, oh, how dare he say that? You know, there's something in me that has to change. And that's always my starting point. What needs to change in me so that my relationship with Alan is good? So it's the same with friendships. If there is contention, what needs to change in me so that the relationship is right? Take your eyes off here and understand there is a battle going on and it's the enemy who wants to come to bring problems and issues here in the body. He doesn't like that we're all here having a great time worshipping God. He wants to come and cause division. Okay, next question. Will we win? Oh, yes. What's the answer? Yes. Yes. We already have. We already have won the battle. And this is the belt of truth that we're looking at here. Jesus said on the cross, John 19, uh, 30, it is finished. It is done. The battle is already won. Colossians 2:15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Wow. Having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle. Do you realize that when he died he went and he took all the weapons that the enemy has and he took them from him and said you have no right to use any of these anymore and I talk a lot about hunting lodge you know the hunting lodge where people put up um, the deer or the the lion or the bear or whatever it is that they have won the victory over well what's on your wall What have you won the victory over? So you all know that I had an issue with fear. Fear is on the wall. I've conquered fear through faith in Christ. What's on your wall? He's disarmed all the powers and authorities. The enemy does not have any authority to use any weapon on you. He has been disarmed. It's all to do with how we respond. The belt of truth. It speaks of being ready. The Roman soldier, because you've got to remember this was written when the Roman soldiers were around, they wore tunics under their armour. We use belts these days to hold our trousers up. Well, they didn't use belts to hold trousers up because they didn't have trousers. They wore tunics. But they wore a belt to hold their sword. So if you didn't have the belt of truth on, if you don't know the word... 
If the word is not real to you, you can't hold your sword. So that's why the belt of truth is so important and why it's a belt. Carries the sword as you go into battle. John 8, uh, verse 31 to 32 says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. free. Yeah. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. That's why it's so important to get into the word, to ask the spirit to reveal the word to you. Because if you don't know the word, you can't wield the sword of the spirit that God has given you. John 17, 16 to 18. They are not of the world, even... This is Jesus praying to the Father. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Mm. Sanctify them by the truth. Yeah. You are made holy by the truth. Yeah. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. The word, sanctify, it's cleansing. It's cleansing. I, I use an expression. I talk about the washing of the word as I, I read the word and letting the word just wash over me as I read it. There is something sanctifying. It's cleansing if you read the word. And ask for that revelation so you grab hold of new things to take the word, to speak the word, to wield that sword that God has given you. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We need to learn to throw off those things that hinder, that get in the way of us receiving the truth. And I don't know, I like to think of it, you know sometimes there is a heaviness, do you ever feel heavy? There's a, a heaviness and you need to, you know, I don't know about you, sometimes I just go, hold on, there's something not right here with me because I'm not walking in the joy of the Lord. And it's almost like I need to peel this, this layer of heaviness off me. And it says to shake off those cords that entangle you. You know, it's like sometimes I want to go, that's enough. That's enough. And it's like, you just get off me, heaviness. I don't have to walk in a spirit of heaviness because I've been given robes of righteousness. I've been given joy. I've been given peace. Heaviness, you go. You know, shake it off. You know, get get physical. Get physical. You know, when we're, you know, you walk around your sitting room so no one can see you like me up here. Looking a bit daft. But, you know, it's like, oh. Heaviness, go in the name of Jesus. That spirit of heaviness, you have no right in my life. We need to throw off sin. Sometimes we talk about, I can't help it, I can't help myself. Yes, you can help yourself. Throw it off. 
say no more. Sometimes we have to stand in our sitting rooms, we have to shout and we have to go, no more. Because we're making a declaration to the principalities and powers. That's enough. You stop. You stop. Why are we fighting? Next question. Why are we fighting? That's a good question, isn't it? Why are we fighting? Especially if the victory is already won. But what does it say in Ephesians 6? If you read Ephesians 6, you read that passage about the armour of God. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Four times in my NIV, it might be different in another translation, it says stand. Stand firm then. You know, we're to stand. That's what we're told to do by God, to stand, not to fight. I know it says fight the good fight of faith, but here in this passage we're told to stand. Standing is actually standing and knowing we have won the victory. So when all those uh, things, the the things the enemy tries to throw at us come, actually we stand there and we go, no. That's it. No. Yeah, that's right. This is my ground. This is my territory. This is my life. God rules in my life. He's my king and he's my Lord. And I declare to you, Satan, no. You're not going. You're not having it. This is my land. Whatever's going on in your body, whatever is going on in your life, you know, perhaps you need to rise up and you need to take a stand. You know, we can choose to be really passive and sit and just let it all happen around us. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Perhaps if I phone so-and-so, they'll tell me what to do. I don't know how. What, what shall I do? In the Word, it says, stand. So the first thing you need to do, even if you're in that position and you don't know what to do, is you need to stand. And you need to sometimes pick up the phone and go, I need help. You can do that. And we will stand with you. Because God has not called you to stand alone. He's put you in a body so that we stand together. That's right. That's right. But we stand. This is the... uh, the, uh, 
super, what's it called, Wonder Woman pose. <laughs> Just a little aside. I read an article, I have to tell you this, because it's hilarious. I have told the lady leaders this, or some of them anyway. I, uh, I read this article, and uh, it was about how every woman should every day practice the Wonder Woman pose. Because <laughs> this is how men stand. It's the article that said it, not me. <laughs> so if we want to stand the authority that we have, we need to be Wonder Women. Yay. So I do this sometimes. <laughs> and Alan laughs at me. <laughs> but, you know, I have authority. That's right. And God's called me to stand. Yep, yep. So I'm going to stand, even when the enemy throws Goodness knows what at me. I'm going to stand. I could have stayed at home today and gone, I've got a sore throat. Phoned someone, dropped them in a deep end and said, you're preaching this morning. But no, that's not what I'm going to do. Because we need to hear this word. Amen. We need to stand. Fight the good fight. Contending with the adversary. We wrestle with him. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 12. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life. Take hold of what you've been called to. I like standing like this. Take hold of what you've been called to. What are we doing? We're defending our righteousness. Amen. We have been made right with God. And nobody can take that away from you. The enemy cannot take that away from you unless you let him. He can't take it away. It's yours. You have been made right with God. So the breastplate of righteousness... It covers your heart. It covers your, your front. Actually, it covers your back as well. Sometimes we all talk about just the breastplate, but there was some back protection as well. But it covers your heart. And we have been made right with God. And we need to know that we know that we know that we know. You can know things here. Yeah. But you need the revelation in your heart. That's right. Yeah. And when you've got the revelation in your heart, then nothing can touch it. Yeah. Because you know it's right. Yeah. I've got a little note here. Apparently, um, there is some new scientific evidence just coming to light that it's not the brain that controls what we do, but our heart. So there you go. Okay, next question Who are our allies? <coughs> And this is to do with our feet that are fitted with the gospel of peace. So our first ally I've got here. I'll do it in the order I've got written here. The first ally is the body of Christ. You're my ally. You're in this with me. And we stand together. Our gospel is a declaration of peace. He has come to bring peace to the world. And he's called us to take peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. 
That's what shalom, peace means. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So that means that we're responsible for whatever we take into somebody else's life. So if I come and I have time, spend time with you, I'm responsible for making sure I bring peace into your life. Mm -hmm. It's not just about taking the gospel of peace to the unsaved. You're my ally. You're my ally. You're my ally. And therefore I need to be at peace with you. And therefore I need to be responsible about what I take into your life so that I don't bring uh, contention into your life. Another ally that we have is God. Mm. Fancy that. (laughs) Psalm 18 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You are not alone because God is always with you. Whatever you face, whatever is going on, he is there and the victory is already won. Another ally that you have, angels. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? You know, you can command the angels to go ahead of you. That, that word that uh, was spoken over me in Exodus, that I spoke over the young people, uh, it talks about how the angel goes ahead to clear the way, to get rid of the enemy. And there are times when we need to say, angel, go, go clear the way for me. It says, are they not ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Who amongst us here is going to inherit salvation? You should all have your hands up. So, they're sent to serve you. Okay, next question. Who is the commander? If you're going to go into battle, you need to follow somebody, don't you? This is the shield of faith. The Lord of hosts. 1 Timothy 6, 15. Calls him the King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve the one we put our trust in. And this is the shield of faith that we hold. Because it's the shield of faith that we're standing when the enemy comes at us and we go, no. Because we know who is on our side. We know who the commander is. We know what he has said. We know who we put our trust in. And our trust is in the Lord, the King of Kings. So when the enemy comes to discourage and say, you are worthless, you say, no. I am not worthless because I'm a child of God. Amen. When the enemy comes at you with sickness, you declare, no. He's a healer. You just think of all the situations you find yourself in. Where is the enemy? Next question. Where is the enemy? So if we're in this battle that we've already won. We know who our enemy is, but where is he? 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. 
Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Where is he? He's prowling around, but he's not everywhere at once. He's not everywhere at once. He can't be because he's not omnipresent. You know, sometimes I think we think that, you know, we can see demons around every corner and we think, oh, he's out to get me. No. No. Because I have the victory. No. If you've seen The Matrix, I love that picture at the end of The Matrix when the bullets are coming and Neo just stands and he goes, no. And the bullets just stop and they drop to the ground. That's what we should do. When the enemy fires, we go, no, no. (laughs) Do that again. (laughs) Oh, dear. But, you know, you have to understand what the enemy does is he tries to attack here, our minds. And that's why we have a helmet of salvation. Because the helmet of salvation covers our minds, our heads, so that we know I am saved. I am completely, utterly saved, sold out for God. He's my king. So when those fiery darts come that say you're worthless, you're a failure, you're nothing, you're not going to amount to anything, you say no, 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 I've got my helmet on, I am saved, I'm walking in faith, I am walking in victory and that is why we can stand. Our minds are being renewed continually. You know when you're saved, old heart, given a new heart, brand new. There's an exchange that takes place. But with our minds, it's an ongoing process. It's a renewal. Because God's not going, when you get saved, he doesn't go, right, take your old mind out, put a new one in, now you'll obey me in everything you do. Because he's given you free will. And that's why there's a renewal of the mind. Because more and more you're submitting your life to him as you walk the walk. Okay. Final question, what are our weapons? So we've got the belt of truth on. So we have the sword of the spirit, don't we? That is attached to our belt, that we're ready to wield. So that when we say no, we can take the sword out and strike him with the word of God. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did in the desert. Three times he was tempted. What did he say? He went, no. And he took the word. And he spoke the word. There's so much power in the word. Amen. So much power when we speak the word. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 say, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, when we were going through that time of revival uh, years ago, uh, when I was 15, 16 years old, the adults would come out of the prayer meeting and they would be repenting to one another of thinking a bad thought. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone up to someone and gone, really sorry, I, was, I wasn't thinking very well about you? 
was very secure. They must have been very secure with one another to be able to do that. We need to take every thought captive. Yeah. The minute you think something, take it captive. Say no. Yeah. The minute that extra bill comes through the door and you go, how am I going to make the money work this month? You take that thought captive. You go, hold on a minute. Hold on. God's my provider. You know? Any of you standing next to me today who go, I'm going to catch Claire's germs. Whoa. No. You go, no. Anyway, they're not mine. They belong to the enemy. Can I have them back? Thank you very much. I'm going to walk out of this place healed. Don't want this anymore. Don't even know where it came from. Well, I do. The enemy. But you haven't stopped me preaching, so tough. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 6, 7. Sorry, I'm running out of time, but this is so good stuff. In truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Okay, so God has given us weapons to put in our right hand and in our left. But what are they? I want to give you another scripture. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you about these weapons that we have that are not like uh, the weapons of the world, but they are peace and they are joy. And these are weapons that we have. The last thing Jesus left with his disciples before he went to heaven is his peace. And you can go and you can have a look at that in John. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. You know, in my will, I've left some of my jewellery to my children because they're precious, it's precious to me. But Jesus, he left his peace. That was his last will and testament, if you want to put it. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Peace is so important that we walk in his peace. He wants you to be completely whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a hard thing for the enemy to get through when you walk in peace. What about joy? Why joy? It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It says instead of that spirit of heaviness, I have given you a garment of praise. And there are times that you need to turn on that music really loud and you need to dance. You know, you get off that heaviness, you turn on your music and you dance and you jump and you praise God. When Alan, I don't do it so much now, but I used to all the time, when Alan used to get down, I'd go up to Alan and I'd take his hands and I'd jump in front of him. And I'd go, come on, Alan, jump! And he'd look at me, oh, Claire. But then he would jump! And we would be jumping around the room together. Because, and you laugh. When you do silly things like that, you laugh. And suddenly joy is released. 
And we need that. It's such an amazing weapon that God has given us. Yeah. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is alive. It's alive and it's active and it's working in you and me. And you need to take hold of it and you need to walk in it and you need to stand. Amen. We speak the word. And the Holy Spirit is hovering, waiting to act upon the word that we speak. Because there is so much power in the word. But God has done it. He fights on our behalf. He is our shield. Let's stand. Put your books down. Let's stand. So who's your enemy? Is it anger and fear? It should be. Things like that from, from the enemy. Who's the enemy? Satan. And it's him who wants you to be angry. It's him who wants you to be fearful. It's him who wants you to doubt. It's him who wants to, you to be sick. It's him who wants to bring division between families and between friends. It's not the person. Take your eyes off the person and see what's going on in the spiritual realm and if you know keeping your eyes closed please if you know just quietly in your heart now go Lord I've been looking at this situation completely wrong I've been thinking that my fight is with the person when actually the fight is with the enemy he's the one seeking to destroy here just put your eyes in the right place and recognize it's the enemy. Will you win? You've already won. It's a question of standing. Are you standing in a place of strength? Are you being passive and letting things happen around you? Or are you taking that stand in the spiritual realm and saying no? I've stood in the sitting room of uh, a lady whose, whose partner was unsaved. She was really praying for him to be saved and that they would get married because she wanted everything to be right before the eyes of the Lord. And I asked her where he sat because men have a seat, don't they? They sit, usually. And I said, let's pray for him and let's lay hands on this chair. And oh my goodness, that, that lady prayed her heart out. Because her fight was not with her husband or the partner, sorry. It's actually with, what, with the enemy. She took a stand in her home. And not only uh, he made a decision for Christ... I asked her to marry him because God loves bringing order into situations 
So we need to stand. We need to stand. Maybe that is for somebody. I don't know why I've said that. Maybe there's somebody praying in a similar situation. Who are our allies? You're not alone. You are not alone. And if you're going through something at the moment where you're going, I don't know what to do, we are here. The person next to you is here. We stand together. We don't stand alone. We stand together. There's a prayer team that can pray with you afterwards. But I want you to make a decision now. I'm not going to stand alone anymore. I need somebody to stand with me. God is on your side. God is on your side. And maybe you need to be more active. You've you've fought and I can't do it anymore. But you don't have to fight because the victory is already won. God is saying, just stand, stand. Stand in the victory that's already won for you. Stand. He's the one that we put our trust in. Today, Lord, we put our trust in you, our commander, our victor. We don't put our trust in bank loans. We don't put our trust in doctors, although they're anointed. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I'm just saying, where's your trust? Trust is in you, Lord. For everything. Perhaps today you're going, hold on a minute, I need to put my helmet of salvation on. I've taken it off. Do you know this is armour we should be wearing all the time? And you're believing the lies of the enemy? And perhaps today you need to put that helmet on and you need to go, no. Not believing those lies anymore. I'm taking a stand today. I am saved. I'm saved from everything the enemy wants to throw at me. What are your weapons? Your weapons are the word of God. It's powerful. But he's given you weapons in your right hand and your left that are not of this world. The peace and joy. want you to lift your hands to heaven like you're receiving a gift because that's what he wants to give you today maybe you've received peace before maybe you've prayed for peace before but today there's a fresh release of peace a fresh release of that peace that surpasses all understanding a fresh release of peace and the Lord says there's nothing missing or broken in your life 
Just receive that peace. Walk in my peace. Put your trust in me. Just receive that fresh anointing of his spirit of peace in your life today. Let him work. Let him work in those situations. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about them. You know, with what we've been going through as a church, one of the words that ring through my head a lot of the time is my dad has a phrase. And the phrase is, it's only money. It's only money. And there are times when I've gone, Alan, how, how can we do it? How can we pay for this? How can we? And I've had this phrase just go through my head, it's only money. I don't put my trust in money. I put my trust in God, who is my provider. And he never fails. He never fails. There's peace when we put our trust in God. What about the other side is joy. Just keep your hands to heaven. Just pray now over every single person in this room a fresh release of your joy. You know, if you are there and you know you need to shake off, actually we're all going to do it. We're all going to do it so that we don't know who the other people are. But I want you to peel off that heaviness. You know, rub it off your arms. Shake your legs out, that sin that entangles. Just get rid of it now. Shake your arms. I'm not having it anymore. Sickness, go. Heaviness, go. Spirit of heaviness, go in Jesus' name. You have no hold. That spirit of poverty, you be gone in Jesus' name. Doubt, you go in Jesus' name. You know what it is that you need to take authority? That persistent sin, that habitual sin. Go! No more gambling. No more pornography. No more swearing. No more smoking. Whatever it is, gone. In Jesus' name, shake it off. Don't let it have a hold on you. Shake it off. Spirit of heaviness, go. Sin that entangles, break, go. Just lift your hands again. Joy, come. Joy, come. A spirit of joy, come. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. That garment of praise. I thank you, Father, we can rejoice because the victory is already won. I thank you, Lord, that we stand victorious and we rejoice in you. 
We walk in victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Thank you, Lord.